0: My name is Ed Gross, and I'm glad to be here with you and uh, be outside on this beautiful, uh, not uh, not real cold, pretty nice out there, huh? Yeah. A little breeze. Uh, I'd like to... Uh, to begin with, a we don't have a talk today, so I'm going to begin with just a little bit longer intro, and then we'll go into a time of worship, and then we'll move into um, some, some uh, updates in our life together. But I'd like to um, to title this gathering the three R's, the three R's: not reading, writing, and arithmetic but re-engaging, restoring, and reconciling. Re-engaging, restoring our life together, re-engaging our life together, and reconciling with one another. We've had many successes in the last year. <clears throat> and I'd like to start on that up note, on that positive note, I'd like to recount a few of the things that we've done. Our first virtual gathering, you remember that? It was really amazing. Having people in different places and watching them and being uh, safely at home. We had the CCR community conference in person for such a time as this, and we had covenant commitments during that during that evening, and a wonderful um, really kind of a meal, heavy appetizers afterwards on Friday night. Women's retreat in Wisconsin, an advent, not brunch, but an advent reflection for the women, a Lenten reflection online. Triduum that we celebrated together, which was was marvelous. Yes retreat in vans. We were able to go there. Married couples in-person retreat with over a hundred couples and more joining online our worship being enhanced uh, with singing again and no masks out there. How about that? The list shows the community is resilient and that we have a desire to move forward and to live out our call. To join our lives together, it's good to reflect on the goodness of the Lord and the success that He's given us. We've had our struggles and difficulties over the past year differences of opinion, factions, mistrust, difficulty of clear communication by leadership. Trust eroded, confusion about where people can bring their concerns and questions, isolation among members, perceived and real alienation between us, political tension, fear during what I think was the most difficult election of my lifetime. Racial issues caused by a tragic, two tragic deaths, a city burning, helicopters flying overhead, loneliness, the need for forgiveness and reconciliation in the community. What did this past year reveal in you? In your relationship with the Lord? In your relationship with community? For me, I was a bit disappointed in myself and in our life together. So, there's some need to restore, to re engage, to reconcile. A couple of weeks ago in the daily readings, this scripture was read. It is necessary for us to undergo many trials in order to enter the kingdom of God. It wasn't possibly, it wasn't probably, it wasn't maybe, it was necessary. There's something in us that is lost and needs to be restored and reconciled. And so, Paul says, it's necessary to undergo many trials. I, I believe we've gone through them. We will go through more, but God is faithful, and we are a resilient community in him. This is a covenant gathering. We are covenant members. We've made a covenant with one another. And this morning, by being here, by by entering in and worshiping together, we're renewing that covenant. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. And we're going to take care of some family business about reengaging and restoring our life together. We're not having a talk today, so if you're you're kind of thinking, well he's he should be wrapping it up, <laughs> and we should get on to the main event, you're probably right. <clears throat> I'd like to just talk a little bit quickly about the last five months, because the last five months have been about all of this, about reengaging and restoring our life together. Maybe not so much about the reconciliation part, but I believe that will be coming. For the last five months, we've been centering, centering on returning to the basics, the foundations of our community life. So often we get into these themes in the community, or at least maybe it's just me. But I forget what we're doing, where we're at, what we did, what we're going to do. So this is a reminder. And as you know, so many of uh, the letters of the New Testament are about that. They're about reminding us of what we know and what we need to live out. So for the last five months, think about last January, Jim Kohler gave a talk about time. Our lives change in time. Time is a measurement of change. It's a movement, Aristotle said. A medium in which change occurs in our life. Now is the time to enter deeply into our life together. For there will come a time when we will not be able to choose or not be able to change. That will certainly happen at death, but the way the culture is going, there will be changes also that will, in some ways, force us to make choices. But now we can be together. This is the time to worship. This is the time to celebrate our life. And one of the three scriptures about time that was focused on in that talk, and working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. At the acceptable time, I listened to you, and on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We have time only in the present. This moment is where time intersects our life. In February... Craig Pine gave a talk, a little talk on history. It was really a beautiful talk. And what it did for me is it said, we maybe are struggling at this time, but God is about something so much bigger in the charismatic renewal. God has intervened in this world in extraordinary ways, going back to Pope Leo Thirteenth, Sister Elena Guerra, who urged the Pope to sing the Veni Spiritu Sanctus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Leo's vision dedicating the coming century to the Holy Spirit, the birth of Pentecostalism, the Catholic charismatic renewal in 1967, the release of the Holy Spirit, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, spiritual gifts, life together, community. In March... Brian Fisher, gave a talk on holiness, discovery of the universal call to holiness for each person, not just the clergy. Holiness is the perfection of love, the perfection of charity, loving him, loving one another. Karen and David gave a beautiful talk on the basics of joining our life together. Being brothers and sisters.
1: The call to community.
0: What attracts people to this body? It's our shared life. There's power in being together, loving one another and just a few weeks ago jim gave a jim hastings gave a talk on ecclesiology the church the body within which his son can dwell the institution the sacraments we are living parts of his body We need to enter deeply into this life together. So lest we forget a quick tour of what we're doing in the foundations of our life together, renewing our vision for what we're about. So I'd like to take some time to enter into this remedy that we have as charismatic Catholic Christians of worship. Uh, We're out here in nature. Uh, We can look around us at what he has made and we can stand together as one body and we can connect with him. All of our life is based from him Without him, we can do nothing. So let's do that. Let's enter into uh, our life together as a worshiping body and let us begin to stand and begin to speak and shout and lift our hands in gratefulness, in love, in appreciation for the God who is with us. He is here. He is not somewhere else. He is here with us. Let's stand together. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord.
2: The Lord has been speaking along um, a theme, a couple themes. Uh, One of the questions that Ed brought up is, um, how do we get back into life? And in God's grace, He continues to lead us as a people, not just individually, but as a people, to move forward. Um, in Hosea 2:14, the scripture verse says, "I will lead her into the desert and speak to her heart." So the sense is that we have been through a desert. And God has been speaking to our hearts. Sometimes we can only think about the things that we didn't like or how hard it was and we just want to get beyond it. But he's had a plan in it. He's been leading us forward. He allowed us to go into the desert because he's got something in it for us as a people. And he leads us into the desert to speak to our heart that in our heart, he's speaking to us about what he's about. He's not only a God of theory, but he's a God of specifics. So could we have um, in this order, these people come up and share their word. First, Ann Robbins, then Kathy Tuft, then Russ Robbins, then Louis Matos, and then Karen Grapple.
1: My friends. Ashile Kiria Moshe, Colele Shana de Asiviano, Moria Shale, Collevi Oshine Bala, Ozive Kakoshana, Ore Voposhi, Opisana ki Levi Shadavi Lale Loa, Moji, Mojile Kishi. Ni abari le, apari ikile, ikile pohihinine, apari apari asha lele shanine pasi.
0: As most of you know, that was a, a word given in tongues. Uh, and the scriptures ask us to uh, to wait upon the Lord and to see if there is inter- an interpretation of that tongue um, at this particular time. So they'll we'll just wait just a, a moment or two before the next word comes up. And if anyone is moved to give uh, some interpretation for that, a word in in tongues, uh, come forward. If you receive that that interpretation later on, come forward at that time. I I did uh, receive a a word with somebody coming over to my house yesterday with a word that they had in tongues that they said was a very different kind of tongue. And it was uh, as of doing warfare. And they thought it might have to do with doing warfare and praying for healing and full recovery for Brian Fisher. So I say that, not that there's a connection with this word, but that there may be some consistency in the Holy Spirit releasing spiritual gifts in our midst for such a time as this. Um, So I just give that to you for your prayer and your meditation as we, as his body, believe that he speaks. He speaks clearly to us now at this time.
3: The scripture is taken from uh, Daniel 2 when he's asking the Lord and, and telling and praising the Lord for who he is um, and that he can't tell the king the king's dream is he can't tell the future only god can only god can only god can reveal it only god knows it but this is what daniel says as he praises the god of heaven praise be to the name of god forever and ever wisdom and power are his He changes times and seasons. He disposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God, of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made me known. You have made known to me what we asked of you. My sense was that God really wants us to seek him and to praise him in all things, that we may know who he is, And that we may wait upon him for his guidance, that he will show us the way.
1: What I heard the
0: Lord saying is for you, Christ the Redeemer. I, the Lord your God, have one heart. It is not divided. It is whole. It is complete. You, Redeemer, be of one heart. Hold opinions, hold thoughts loosely. Call on me, I am the truth. And be of one heart.
4: like the Lord's been speaking to me about how to reconcile and how to how to hold those things loosely that we believe so much and I believe what the Lord said was um, return to me uh, as your first love and I don't know if this is this is maybe my interpretation of the 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 word in in tongues that, that that we heard but there was a nature of my people return to me return to me as your your first love and just this pleading like the lord wants us to come back and uh and the two examples of returning as your your first love like your first love in the faith how much so when you were a new convert to the faith or you were rediscovering your catholic faith how much how much were you willing to just bridge denominational divides and focus on what unified us and we're excited to share Christianity with anybody Um, or same as when you're a newlywed you're much more willing to say things diplomatically um, whereas you know I why don't you work on this instead of like why do you always do that right and so Just reminding us of those differences, like we can get stuck in our own rut of like, well, this is what I believe. This is what I know to be true. And then you're just not as willing to be diplomatic and build those bridges. So just to go back um, to what I got from uh, the the word in, in tongues earlier, which is return to me, my people. I love you so much. It pains me to see you divided. Why won't you build bridges? Why won't you return together to your life together?
1: God is good. God is absolutely beyond words. Amazing. Most of you know, because this is a covenant gathering, that I love words. But there are times in which I am totally without words. So overwhelmed when that word was shared it drilled me to speak in tongues it exploded inside me to utter words that my human mind cannot comprehend understand or utter he wants us back he wants us to surrender our lives our minds our hopes our dreams our expectations and speak to him in a heart that does not understand but doesn't need to. We've gotten lazy. First love. Go back to your first love when you couldn't contain yourselves in expressing God. Whether that's in a gathering, whether that's in a line in the grocery store, It's such a gift. And I think, you know, we've been there for a while. We've been around. But we've gotten used to too many things. Well, yeah. No. God is calling us to cry out to him. So as to serve our brothers and sisters, the power of prayer in the grocery store line, being cut off on the freeway. God bless you. He wants to hear from us. And I think sometimes we just don't know what to say. And what a glorious and gentle gift he's given us to just be able to utter nonsense. And I think some of us, I know myself included, just wonder, am I really speaking words to God or is it just gibberish? Who cares? What's your heart? Do you have to understand it? Can any of us understand God? Can any of us comprehend the massiveness of him? So it's okay to look foolish, to sound foolish. I'm sure there's a scripture that says something about God using fools. like donkeys. What I heard was God's cry. To worship me in a new and renewed way. Teso, teso teso, empete mia Glorious, glorious, almighty, merciful God.
5: Well, I just have one line, uh, and I don't- I think I've ever read this line before because I would have just bridged past it, but it's, uh, so it's the Lord. This is from Philippians 4.2. It says, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to come to a mutual understanding in the Lord. And I was reading down below and it was Paul encouraging these two women of the Philippian con- uh, congregation to come together. So for anyone who is at this place, what really struck me is the, um, the word mutual understanding, that it's not about somebody being right, and somebody else uh, being wrong, that the Lord's saying it's a mutual understanding. Um, so to reconcile in a way that's mutual to one another, but then all in the Lord, It right? says so a mutual understanding in the Lord. So I think it's just the Lord's encouragement. If we have hurts, if we have wounds from this past year, to really come to one another in the Lord, to seek uh, understanding in him.
6: This is an interpretation of Ann Robbins's word. My friends, my beloved, I, your King and your God, beg you to receive my mercy. I am a God of infinite mercy, and I beg you to receive it yourself in every pore of your being. Let my mercy wash over you. Let my mercy heal you. Let my mercy be soaked into you. How to, my world needs my mercy and I commission you, my beloved, as emissaries of my mercy to be mercy yourselves, be mercy to one another, be mercy in this world may my mercy be so in you that you become my mercy to the world
0: so the words have been have been flooding in and the lord is very specific and what he is saying is
1: my beloved my friends
0: turn outward come back to me. I have given you the gifts you need. They include the gifts of the spirit and mercy. Don't look to your own ways, but look to the ways I'm giving you to come back to the fullness of life and the fullness of community. So for the rest of our time together this morning, we're going to um, we're going to have David uh, Grapple come up in a little bit and uh, share about the progress progress of the leadership structures work group that's doing some some good work. So a little bit of family business there, and then we're going to have uh, uh, Jim Kohler come up. And uh, Jim, if you could give an update on Brian when, when you come up, uh, that, that would be good to do as well. And then Jim will talk about uh, part of re-engagement of our life together is assessing where we're at. And uh, so he'll talk a, a little bit about um, uh, a way to gauge... Uh, assessing where we're at, and also a little bit about uh, Dave Hughes' encouragement to us or memo to us about re-engaging community life as the pandemic recedes. Uh, So he'll talk a little bit with us about that. Before those two men uh, come up, uh, I would just like to talk a little bit about virtue. When I came up to the Twin Cities in uh, the early 1980s, I went into the cathedral and I was uh, impressed with its breadth and its height and its beauty. However, I found it to be also a cavernous, and kind of cold place, <laughs> so I didn't go there very much. And now I'm a member. <laughs> okay, so I've 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 changed uh, a little bit over the years, and I see the even the architecture, or even especially the architecture, of the cathedral that draws us to a sense of faith and truth. So i just like to talk about that and weave in virtue, especially temperance and courage, and also to talk about habits. Because I think it's a good time uh, as we re-engage our life together to think about good habits. So if you, I had some pictures of this that we were going to show on the screen, so you'll just have to imagine because most of you know the cathedral and have been in there many times. You have this amazing dome, and in the dome is uh, is heaven, and and in the four corners of the dome, maybe we could just uh, just say another quick prayer here as they uh, load up and uh, take peg. So I was talking uh, about <laughs> virtue and... Um, especially the virtue of temperance and courage. I was talking about the cathedral and the magnificent dome and the four corners where the four evangelists are placed. And on either side of the evangelists, there are these massive pillars and an arch. And up above that arch, there is a space, and then there is a structure that from those pillars holds the dome. And the, the the weight of the dome rests on those four pillars. And underneath those pillars, between those pillars, are the four evangelists. And in the dome is heaven. Right? So let's think about that just for a second. You have God's Word, God's revealed Word, of which the sacraments come from. And ultimately, that Word is Jesus Christ, and He is from the Father. That is our base. And there are John and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the evangelists. And there is a very young John under the virtue of fortitude or courage. Above That arch is a space, a pretty wide space. And in that space are the four cardinal virtues. Cardinal meaning hinge. And so from our life, which is rooted and protected by God's word, You have this space of the virtues, and then you have heaven. And if we can think about it like this, our life is based upon his word, and his word provides shelter for the congregation who is in the cathedral, for us, and protection. And above that word is our life and we are moving towards heaven. And how do we get there? Well, we get there through faithfulness to his word, and we get there through implementation of the virtues, practicing them. They're really defined by practice. And so we live a life of habits. And we could call our habitual life in some ways the bundle, couldn't we? And we practice habits to get safely to heaven. So courage and temperance help, uh, help us to move forward in the face of our various obstacles in life. Help us keep going when we want to stop, or when we want to please ourselves, they give us courage to move forward, by which we overcome wounds, laziness, selfishness, and by which we reestablish the patterns of our life. And I think Courage is particularly appropriate for us in this time. Endurance, perseverance and patience are related to courage. And temperance, proper restraint, maybe especially even with the tongue. And management of our appetites generally, self-control and moderation. I'd encourage you to reflect on that image, that we are rooted in the word and we are moving to heaven and we are protected by his word and by a way of life. And that way of life is rooted in our implementation of the habits that we have been given especially the habits we've been given as a community of Christ the Redeemer. So on to some family business. Um, I'm going to invite David uh, to come forth. And Jim, uh, you can just come right after David has finished.
7: So I had about half an hour from me and half an hour from Jim. So I'm I'm here just to give an update. Uh, Dennis O'Hare has been leading a team called Leadership Structures, a fancy name, but uh, how I wanted to just describe it is uh, Leadership Structures. It's part of our, our goals that have been set out for the community to improve those, to reinvigorate them. And I try to, to distill down what is leadership structures about? And I said, it's how we get things done so our life functions. That's David Groppel's kind of definition. And consider leaders for all the areas of our life and how those leaders and teams work together so that no one person is overwhelmed. And so I'm here on behalf of Dennis O'Hare. Dennis is leading this team that's working on leadership structures. And we thought it would be important uh, just to give an update for the publicly committed members this morning. Uh, So leadership structures, why is it important? Uh, it's important because of the senior leader transition. Uh, the goal for that senior coordinator uh, whose role is to get a role whose, whose role will be sized at a level for volunteer service. And it's likely as we look at these leadership structures that we're going to need other leaders to fill in uh, some of the gaps that we've uncovered Uh, It's also a a response to the visitation report uh, as a critical area for improvement and also for planning uh, for the future growth of CCR. So leadership structures, uh, Dennis worked with the coordinators to put together a a charter. And so simply the, the charter is to make recommendations pertaining to four things. One, the interrelationships between different leadership roles, committees, task forces, and work groups. That's the first. The second is to define and and refine the accountabilities for those groups, including decision rights. Uh, Thirdly, to identify gaps needing improvement. And then fourthly, identify new areas of need. And our goal we set as a work group is to complete the work by June 7th to align with the coordinator, the standing monthly coordinator meeting in June. Uh, the team is Dennis, who again is not here today, uh, Ling Becker, Ann Bilojeski, Bill Schmitzer, Jason Hoole, and myself. So we've been meeting over the past three months or so every other week with homework in between and we've been working through leadership structures. Um, We firstly started talking about two questions. One, what leadership structures, accountabilities, and linkages will allow CCR to function with a volunteer senior coordinator role by June 7th, 2021? So that was a big question, but that's the first one we tackled. The second was what are the activities that occur for the community to fulfill its mission. So holiness, shared life, and mission. And so we brainstormed as a team all of the different answers to those questions and organized and distilled our thoughts. Uh, Ling led us in what she calls a circle chart. You know, you can think of an organizational chart. Her structure was a circle chart. And if you can picture around that circle chart, there were about I, I haven't counted them up, about 10 areas, nine, 10 areas. One is district life. So there are five districts that we take care of. One is, is the three that we're aware of. In addition, Emmaus and young married. So think of those as district life. Uh, family life. So we, we identified special needs, working women, youth programs, all the many different youth programs. So the, that's the, the compilation and family life. The next piece of this pie or the circle diagram was formation so in there was initiations and seasons of life. There was a a piece of the pie about leadership so leadership development pastoral care and supervision of leaders uh, strategic goals and objectives. Uh, The next was prayer. The next was events, so gathering, CCR conference, liturgical life, worship, music, retreats, young married couples workshop. So that's the, the next. Teaching was another piece of the pie, mission, administration. So there's a lot if you just think of those few big topic areas that we need to ensure that we have leaders in place. And then how they work together so that our life uh, is it works. Uh, and one of the principles we came across early was it's not just about you know those chunks. There's also a relational connection that needs to take place in the midst of making sure our lives uh, work well together. Uh, right now, we're, our current work is around drafting and refining. Accountabilities and decision rights, again, how those how the different elements of of the leadership structures uh, work together, and then linkages between the executive committee, coordinator council, women's leadership council, standing work groups and administrative work team. Uh, we've gotten input from the coordinator council, the women's executive team, John Youm as our outside coordinator. so Really, all of this is intended to support uh, the future coordinator that uh, we'll be raising up uh, here shortly so that it can be a volunteer coordinator position. So we wanted to just give an update uh, this morning, and uh, hopefully uh, that that gives us sufficient summary of our work to date and, and more to come. Sounds good. So welcome Jim up.
8: Boy, that first half of the gathering went quickly, didn't it? Now we, we're we done in about uh, four minutes. So I promise I will go no longer than four minutes. As David was uh, sharing about this work group and trying to give some light to the whole process of Uh, re-clarifying leadership structures,
7: Uh,
8: it struck me uh, that it's somewhat similar or analogous to a family life. You know, I was spending some time with one of my sons that has five children, uh, and as they've had more children, as the children get older, life gets more complicated. There are more school activities, more sports activities, more personal interest activities, more friendships, and so it requires a greater degree of Organizing things just to make life work relatively well. Well, they're coming for me next, I guess. But um, so it's true for community as well. I mean, it may, it may sound awfully uh, tedious just talking about structures, but it is uh, a way to serve all of us and trying to help our life work together in a in a better way. Um, Ed talked about at the beginning of our time together how interesting the last 14 months have been. Uh, and as he was talking, uh, I had a, a recollection that occurred to me. Uh, it was a recollection of a prayer meeting that I was at back in the early 1970s. Uh, and during, it was shortly after I got involved in the uh, charismatic renewal uh, and none of us knew what we were doing. Uh, there were some who would say that still might be true, but Nonetheless, it was true back then for sure. Um, and in the midst of our praying together, the Lord spoke a word that he wanted us to form a covenant with one another. And of course, uh, we all got excited and we said, yes, we'll form a covenant. And then afterwards we decided we needed to look it up and decide what it actually meant. So we looked it up at a couple different dictionaries and got some understanding of it. Um, and over the last number of years, we've grown in our appreciation for what the Lord said to us way back then. The Lord speaks to us ahead of time to get us ready for what's to come. And that's a great blessing for us. It's part of God's provision for us. Uh, and, and covenant in the scriptures aren't intended for a time of tranquility and peace, uh, and easy living. Covenants are intended for a time of dispute and disagreement and trouble. And so it is for a time like this that the Lord has bound us together. I've been impressed over the last 14 months with the number of issues that I've heard people talk about. Uh, as a result of the pandemic, as a result of social and racial unrest and political differences, that there are all these issues. And it's important for us as part of a covenant community in the midst of all these issues to be able to identify what the key issues are. And the key issues are, as you so well know, is our love for the Lord and our love for one another. We can die talking to one another, trying to resolve all the issues that are in front of us. And there certainly are ones we need to work on, but fundamentally and underneath it all, there's a much deeper reality of growing in holiness, love for the Lord, and growing in brotherly and sisterly love and faithfulness to one another. And by God's grace, His provision for us is the life that he's given us to be brothers and sisters to one another and servants of him. So uh, in the midst of all this stuff that's swirling around, one of the things we need to do as we re-engage our life together in a more normal way is to get a more precise understanding of where we're at and what the different experiences that we've had uh, individually over the last 14 months. So we've put this marvelous thing together uh, called Ponderings on the Pandemic. It's a short questionnaire that you will get in the mail that you can fill out online. Most of it it, uh, are multiple choice questions, but you can choose one or sometimes two and then Some of the final ones are questions that you can rhapsodize at a uh, greater level uh, to give us your own experience of the last 14 months. So you don't have to complete all the questions. Uh, Don't have to put your name on it. Uh, You're not gonna get graded. Uh, It's just a way for us to get a more accurate view of where folks are uh, in the community. So you'll be getting that on Monday along with a letter of explanation. Uh, Let me just say a word about our brother, Brian. Just got an email. He said, my fever is broken. This is Brian talking. Uh, Oxygen is still an issue. He has viral pneumonia, which came from the COVID. Uh, The COVID is diminishing, but the pneumonia will take a a bit longer he should be discharged on Tuesday and he should be out of quarantine by May 25th, which is just four days before his ordination. So you can pray that that in fact will be what happens. Uh, So that's that.
0: Brothers and sisters, Brothers and sisters, let's um, continue to guard our life together. It was really beautiful to be together this morning. It was great to be outside. We had our twists and turns, but praise the Lord. Uh, We are the community of Christ the Redeemer. God has brought us together. Let's continue to guard that life. Let's continue to love one another. Uh, Enjoy. Uh, Is there hospitality over there? Hospitality over there. God bless your day. God bless your Lord's day, the rest of it. Amen.